Scripture reading this morning comes from Luke 2, verses 6 through 14. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will, all, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we have great joy because of Jesus. Father, we have great joy because we know that before the foundation of the world, you had a plan, a plan for us to be redeemed, for us to be brought back into your family. Father, a plan that in spite of our failings, in spite of our failures, our sin, that so often is intentional and willing on our part, Father, that in spite of that, you had planned for Jesus to come into this world, to live as we live, but to live without sin, and in spite of that perfection, to die on a cross, not for anything that he had done wrong, but for our sins and the sins of the whole world. Father, we're grateful that Jesus was willing to do that, that he was willing, as Paul writes in Philippians, to empty himself, to give up something of himself in order to live on this earth, to be born and live as a human and to suffer as we do and to die on that cross. Father, we are grateful because that sacrifice brings us joy. But Father, it brings us joy most especially because Jesus was raised from the dead And because of his resurrection, we too can be raised to life eternal. Father, we thank you for that plan. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his willingness to do what we can't even imagine. And that he was willing to do it for the best of us and for the worst of us. Father, knowing that even those of us who are the best pale in comparison. There is no comparison between us and Jesus. And we thank you for his life, for his example, for his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Father, as we are assembled together, we know that there are so many around the world today that are thinking about Jesus. And Father, we're grateful for that. Father, we pray that we can be a light to the world each and every day that people will see us and praise you and give glory to you and glory to Jesus. And Father, we pray that we can do that in a way that reminds the world of Jesus every single day, that our lives will be patterned after his and that we will do our best to follow in his footsteps. Always grateful for the grace and mercy that you've shown to us 
and living our lives with joy, Father, that others can see that joy in us, that we have this hope of eternity. And Father, that that should bring us such comfort, even when times may be challenging. Father, we know that you have something better in store for us, and that indeed is something that can bring us joy. Father, this morning as we assemble, we know that there are many that may be hurting at this time. Father, this is often a difficult time of year for many as they miss those that they love that have gone on. There are those that are suffering with illness, those that are worried about financial things. Father, there are just so many in this world that face challenges. We pray for each of them. We pray for comfort. We pray for peace. And we, Father, we pray for joy where it can be found. Father, this morning especially, I lift up my wife Pam and ask that you bless her and help her to heal and recover quickly from this. Father, we know there are many others that are on our hearts and minds. Help us to be aware of them. Father, help us to be servants, to be your hands and feet, to look for those that are hurting, and to do our best to bring comfort and relief when possible. Father, we know that you are the great physician, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the healing and comfort that you can provide. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the inspiration that provided it to us for the role of the Holy Spirit and inspiring the writers to share with us the message that you want us to know, that we can know who you are. And Father, because of that, we can know whose we are, that we belong to you and that we can take comfort in that. Father, we thank you that your providence has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Father, help us to be in your word, to be a people of your word, that we can grow closer to you. And Father, that we can not just learn those things, but Father, that we can put them into action, and that those actions will create in us pure hearts, hearts of service, hearts of love, that we will love you, and that we will love our neighbors. Father, in all things, we pray that you help us to be strong, to be courageous, to remember the promises that you've put in store for us, and to take joy and comfort in those things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 722. 722. We have heard the joyful sound. Sing verses 1 and 4. We have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, spread the tidings all around, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, bear the news to every land, climb the steeps and cross the waves, onwards is the Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, give the winds a mighty voice, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, let the nations now rejoice, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, shout salvation full and free. Highest hills and deepest caves, this our song of victory. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. <clears throat> if you'd like to.
you'd like to mark in the songbook number 380, Just As I Am, that'll be our song of invitation after the lesson. Our song before the lesson is number 527, Paradise Valley. We'll sing verses 1 and 3. If you would, please stand while we sing. As I travel through life with its trouble and strife, I have a glorious hope to give cheer on the way. Soon my toll will be o'er, and I'll rest on that shore where the night has been turned into day. Up in the beautiful paradise valley by the side of the river of life. Up in the valley, the wonderful valley, we'll be free from all pain and all strife. There we shall live in the rose-tinted garden, near the shade of the evergreen tree. How I long for the paradise valley, where the beauty of heaven I'll see. Garden is rare, it is not to compare with the flowers that bloom in the garden above. In the midst of it grows, Sharon's perfect sweet rose, tis the wonderful flower we love. Up in the valuable paradise valley by the side of the river of life. Up in the valley, the wonderful valley, we'll be free from all pain and all strife. There we shall live in the rose-tinted garden, neath the shade of the evergreen tree. How I long for the paradise valley, where the beauty of heaven I'll see. Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Glad that we can be here together to worship God. See a lot of visitors with us. Thank you so much for being here. If you're visiting with your family, we're certainly grateful that you have that opportunity to be with your family. Uh, if you're here from the community and just uh, looking, for a fl- looking for a place to worship this morning, we are glad that you are here with us uh, worshiping God and this uh, wonderful opportunity that we have to be here together. I have already heard it, all right? I've already heard it, kids. My son, how long are you going to preach today? So I said, long. All right, Uh, not planning on preaching long, but we're going to get a full portion of God's word and see what we can be blessed with about it. So I hope that you will uh, stick with me as we walk through God's word this morning. If you want to go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter four, that will be our first passage that we'll look at here in just a few minutes. Uh, For the last couple of months, uh, starting in November, we've been doing a series uh, on sanctification and we've been calling it uh, simply sanctified uh, where I am and where I'm going for the Christian. We are sanctified. God has pulled us out of darkness. He has placed 
us into his marvelous light. He has made us and called us to be holy. He wants to use us for specific things. And we've looked at all different areas of our life that God wants us to be sanctified in. He wants us to be sanctified with our money. He wants us to be sanctified with our relationships. He wants to be sancti- us to be sanctified with our talents. And simply, the word sanctification, that's a church word. But really all it means is, what are you going to do with whatever it is and whatever area of your life, what are you going to do to glorify God? What are you going to do to bring glory to God in these various areas. And we'll wrap this up today uh, with talking about how we can sanctify our happiness. Now, next Sunday, we're going to start a new series that we're simply calling Better, uh, and the tagline for that one is going to be Seeking Something Greater Than What the World Has to Offer, and that will be our theme for next year. Uh, We want to be better. We want to be better followers of Jesus. We want to be better Christians. We want to be better family members. We want to be better in our community. We'll look at all different kinds of areas, but how can we seek something greater than what the world has to offer this morning? Lots of us got a lot of the things that the world has to offer. And there's some great stuff that the world has to offer. But God has something greater than what the world has to offer in every aspect of our lives. So these two series will kind of be related. We are sanctifying ourselves for God's glory. And God says, hey, I've got something better for you. Something greater than what the world can offer. This morning, how can you sanctify your happiness to God. As we think about this this morning, let's start by really, let me perhaps offer you a, another alternative uh, because happiness is going to be something that's going to be extremely hard to sanctify, something that's going to be extremely hard for you to, to bring glory to God in your happiness because uh, happiness is, a, is an expression of an emotion. It's a smile on your face. It's a laugh at a funny joke. It's something that sometimes can be faked even. You know, we think about, I was thinking about right before I got up here actually, some of the people that you might think about in, in the world that were some of the happiest people or maybe even are some of the happiest people. Many of those folks have really difficult things going on in their lives and many of those folks suffer consequences because of those things and many of those folks even perhaps uh, commit suicide. You can think about people like that, people who recently have done that, people in the past who have done that. I think about, you know, one of the funniest people that most of us have probably ever heard or witnessed on, on the screen, Robin Williams. He was extremely hilarious and I enjoyed all of his movies and that type of thing, but uh, clearly he had something wrong in his life, something that wasn't right in his life. So instead of happiness, let me suggest to you, and we'll talk about a little bit why I want to suggest this, this other thing uh, here in a minute and explain it a little bit. Instead of trying to sanctify your happiness to God, let me encourage you to sanctify your joy to God. How can you sanctify your joy to God? Again, happiness is, is an expression, it's an emotion, but joy, I think, is something more. And let me give you some reasons why I think there's some differences here. Happiness dis- depends on your circumstances, Joy happens in spite of your circumstances. As a matter of fact, joy, sometimes you can, you can have joy and it not be related to your circumstances at all. But happiness often relates to our circumstances. Happiness is found in a moment. And therefore, it is momentary. And therefore, it carries with it the, that, that ever-present force of momentum. And for all of us who are sports fans, we understand what momentum is, right? Our team, things are going well, but then there's just one bad play and the momentum or the, the, the energy, the, the things that are going your way, it all of a sudden shifts. And happiness is like that sometimes, isn't it? 
We can be happy. We can find ourselves thinking everything's great, but then just one thing goes wrong or a couple things go wrong and all of a sudden that that happiness or that momentum that was going with happiness in the moment because it's momentary it stopped and we lose that happiness and perhaps even we fall into something much different and much darker on the other hand because joy is something more than an emotion something more than something found simply in the moment I think for joy there is an anticipation of joy It is something that you may not even be experiencing right now, but you anticipated it it coming. It's something that you expect. There's an expectation for it. Really, when I was thinking about it this week, as I was studying and trying to figure out what's the difference, trying to figure out a way for me to be able to try to explain what I'm thinking when I think about the difference between happiness and joy, I came to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, at that long list of great things about love and and, uh, miracles and uh, miraculous things, all these things. Remember in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, now abide these three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. If I were going to this morning suggest to you what are the ingredients of joy, I would say the ingredients of joy are faith, hope, and love. How does that make up joy? What what do we mean by that? In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, we find that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We've often defined it, I've often defined it for us as the idea that that faith is a, a trusting in God. What about hope? In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, talking about people who have passed on, it says that Christians don't have to mourn as do the rest who have no hope. Even when terrible things happen to us, even when our loved ones pass away, even when we face death ourselves, we don't have to grieve, we don't have to mourn as the rest of the world does who doesn't have any hope because we as Christians have hope of something beyond, something better beyond this life. And then love, that ingredient of joy that is love. There's no better verse to think about love than John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Again, I would say the ingredients of joy as we think about sanctifying our joy to God today are faith, hope, and love. And here's how I would summarize that. And I've summarized this in in various ways, but I think this fits with joy. How can we have joy? How is it different than happiness? Remember, happiness uh, carries with it momentum. It's momentary because it's in the moment. It is an emotion. And it's happiness is a great thing, and I'm not downplaying the, the greatness of happiness. But there's something better. There's something more, and that is joy. Joy is, for the Christian, trusting, having faith that God can do something with whatever you're facing hoping that God will do something with whatever you're facing but understanding that no matter what happens God is still God and God is still good and God still loves you joy is faith hope and love that's why the psalmist says in Psalm 118 and verse 24 this is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it. But you don't know what kind of day I've had today. You don't know what I woke up to. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know this. You don't know that. You're right. I, I don't. I don't know all your circumstances. But joy isn't based on circumstances. Joy is in spite of circumstances. Joy has nothing to do with your circumstances. You may not be happy. But you can still find joy. 
That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 that we rejoice with those who rejoice. As a matter of fact, it's why Paul goes on to write, and we weep with those who weep. As a Christian, because of the joy that I have, the faith, hope, and the love in God that I have, I can rejoice with those who rejoice even when I'm not in a very joyous or happy spirit. And I can weep with those who weep even if things are going wonderfully with me because I have something more than what the world has to offer. And I'm sanctifying that and understanding that it comes from God. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. And again, think about Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 8. Let's think about again with joy. There's an anticipation. There's an expectation. There's a hope. For now, but there's also a hope for then. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul, you don't know what I've been through. Let's remind ourselves of some of the things Paul has been through. He's been beaten, left for dead, shipwrecked multiple times, left in the sea thinking he was likely going to die. Later he is imprisoned, he's stoned, he has... He experiences very, very difficult things. And yet somehow, Paul says, I'm going to rejoice. And he says it so much so, so fervently to us. And he says, again, I will say, rejoice. Look, verse 5. Let your considerate spirit be known to all men. Well, how can we do that? Listen to this one little phrase at the end of verse 5 that's almost a throwaway, but we don't even think about, okay? Go back to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your considerate spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord cares. The Lord cares about you. The Lord is aware of what's going on in your life. He cares about you. And because of that, you can have joy. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Again, I think this idea of this peace of God that we can't even understand that the world looks at us and they, they see everything that's going on in their lives and they say, why are you not just destroyed? Why are, why are you not just wrecked? Why is your, why, how can you have any faith in God? How can you even stand up today with all the things going on and somehow we can still have some sort of joy that that peace that we can have doesn't make under under uh, doesn't make sense to them they don't understand it that's why it passes comprehension and here's maybe how we do this okay how do we sanctify our joy to god verse number eight finally brothers whatever is true whatever is dignified whatever is right Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence of anything worthy of praise, consider, your version might say, and maybe something for us to consider this morning, dwell on these things. How do we sanctify our joy? How can we find joy even despite our circumstances and despite the things going on in our life? Well, Paul says, how are we going to do that? After he says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Later he says, think about good things. Think about good things. Now that sounds too simple, doesn't it? That sounds too simple. That sounds like something we we tell our kids. Uh, when, when our kids at, at home sometimes, especially uh, Riley's the one who I've done this the, the most with, when she has uh, trouble sleeping and she's, you know, had a, a bad dream or a bad thought or she can't get something out of her mind, I, I tell her to, here's what I tell her, okay? So this, is, this is my dad wisdom. It's not very good, but here it comes. Uh, count butterflies, Think about sunshine. Think about puppies. I tell her to think about good things. You know what? It works. I don't know. Maybe in our lives sometimes we need to think about better things. You know, we, we can so often and so easily take in negative things, can't we? 
uh, the world and those around us, our coworkers, our friends, our neighbors, people that don't like us very much, the news, social media, they will cram bad things into our hearts as much as they can. And don't you know Satan uses that for his glory and for our negative relationship with God? We need to think about better things. And that sounds too simple, but maybe some of the best answers are the simple answers. That's why, because of this joy, we can have this joy by thinking about and focusing on better things. In James chapter 2, 1 verses 2 through 4, again, you know these verses, but when we think about joy, we have to think about how can I sanctify this joy? And we're always struggle with, even though we've understand that we've heard these verses, most of us, many of us here, hundreds of times, it's really hard for us to wrap our minds around, well, how do I do this? James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, consider it all joy. I'm sanctifying my joy to God. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. How can I find joy in the midst of trials while I recognize that the the joy that I can have and even the difficulty that I am going through changes the outcome of my life? It's the purpose of it. There there are good things that can come from difficulty. And that's not going to bring me happiness. And it's not going to bring me uh, great emotional highs. But I can understand, I I can wrap my mind around the fact that God can use this for good. God can use this for his glory. And if you're there today, I I encourage you, I suggest to you certainly to think about that. What good, or at at the very least, again, trust that God can bring about some growth for you in the difficulty that you're facing. Turn over to Luke chapter 2. This was was read to us earlier, but let's read it again. Luke chapter 2, read verses 8 through 14. Again, uh, a passage that many people are thinking about today and that we want to think about today as well. Sanctifying our joy. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and watching over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and listen to the joy that burst forth from heaven. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When we think about joy, we think about joy versus happiness and how we can sanctify and recognize and identify joy in our lives rather than happiness. Notice what the angel says. He doesn't say, hey, I'm telling you happy news. No, he says, I'm telling you good news of great joy. Now, let me stress to you, baby Jesus did not change the circumstances of anyone. But he changed the outcome of the faith for everyone. The baby in the the manger did not fix all the problems of sin. But that's where it started here on earth. And then notice what he says again in verse 10 and 11. 
The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, not just for the Jews, not just for his parents, not just for people locally, but for all people throughout time, we could even say. And verse 11, and he says this, and this is important for us today and important for every, anyone who would believe in Christ. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you, what, a baby? No, but a Savior who is what? Christ the Lord. From the very beginning, from the very announcement, from God's birthday announcement for his son Jesus, whenever that was, he says, look, I'm bringing you good news. I'm bringing you the gospel of great joy. And this joy happens not because you won't have difficulty in your life, not because there won't still be bad things, terrible things, tragic things that happen to you, but I'm bringing you good news of great joy because it changes the outcome for those who will accept Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And He becomes our Savior and Lord through His death, His burial, and His resurrection. This morning, as we think about sanctifying not our happiness, but sanctifying our joy, what that means is we don't always look for things to go our way. We don't always look for things to, to be perfect in our life. We don't always look for us to get the exact present that we want on Christmas morning or exactly what we want in our jobs or exactly what we want in our relationships or exactly what we want in any aspect of our life. But instead, we look at how it can God use every aspect of my life for his glory. At the end of Hebrews chapter 11, that hall of fame of faith of men and women of the Old Testament who did great things in the beginning of chapter 12, it says, therefore, because we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, because we can read about those from the past in the Old Testament, because you and I today can think about those in the past from the New Testament and from church history, because we can even look around today and see people who have acted faithfully, even despite their circumstances, somehow they've been able to find joy, even though they may have very little happiness in sometimes in their lives. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Listen, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What about that statement makes any sense? What joy is there in the cross? There's pain. There's agony. There's death. I'm having a hard time finding joy. He says, run with endurance the race that is set before you. Now, some of you guys might be crazy and you might run marathons and you might find some joy in it. Uh, they make counselors for those people. Uh, but most of us don't enjoy those types of things, right? Those long distance. I know some of you do. It's okay. Uh, but, but most people don't in enjoy that. That's not something you'll find joy in for most of us. The Christian life is, is not always easy but notice what it says consider jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross and now has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god and then it says in verse three consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart jesus endured the cross he found no pleasure there but he knew there was something more. So he sanctified the joy that God 
set before him, and it happened through the cross. Because that joy that happened on the cross was the good news of great joy that the angel years before had proclaimed. Good news of great joy for all the people. This morning there are a lot of folks, and we today, rightly so, think about Jesus. As was prayed earlier, let's think about Jesus every day. Let's appreciate Jesus every day. Let's appreciate his birth, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection every day. Let's find him and accept him and follow him as Savior and Lord. Now listen, he is the Lord of all creation. He is the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He is the greatest there's ever been. But the question is not, is he Lord? Is he your Lord? Is he the Lord of your life? Have you accepted him and as to be the Lord of your life? And when I say accept, I don't mean ask him into your heart though he needs to be in your heart. What I mean is, as the Lord, is he the one you're going to follow? And when you follow him by keeping his commandments, and you won't do that perfectly, and he knows that, that's why he died for you. But will you turn to him? Will you follow him? Will you accept him? You, have, you need a savior if you're not a Christian, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He wants to be your savior, but he must be your Lord in order to do so. This morning, as we think about Jesus, let's think about joy. Joy is not happiness. Joy is not always fun. But joy is something that God offers to us. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 10, in a series of uh, parables that Jesus teaches, and one of those parables when the widow finds, or the woman finds her coin, Jesus says this, there is more, or there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. In Luke, we read about the, the joy of heaven uh, bursting out of heaven and talking about this, this Jesus, this Savior, this Lord who was born. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among men with, who, men with whom he is pleased. There is joy in heaven through Jesus, but there's joy in heaven today if you are a sinner, if you are someone who's struggling with sin or struggling with difficulty and you repent, you turn to God in joy. Let me again emphasize that joy is not something that is, um, let me try and again explain to you in a tangible way. What is joy? It's not an emotion. It's something more than happiness. It's not just a smile on your face because we can all fake a smile, can't we? You've done that before. I've done that before. We fake smiles to people that we really don't want to smile at, Right? And we fake smiles in times when we really don't feel like smiling. We can fake happiness. You don't fake joy. Joy is something that is tangible. You carry it with you. It's a part of who you are. And again, I think the ingredients for joy are faith. Do you trust that God can do something? And even more, he wants to do something good for you. Do you have the hope that even though you don't understand exactly when or where or how, that there's something better for you now and then and later? And do you have and recognize the love of God that even when things don't go your way, you can still know that God is still God, He is still good, and He does still love you. Faith, hope, and love. That is what joy is made of. Now this morning... You may not have that joy in your life. 
And that's why we're talking about it, because we want to sanctify our joy to God. I think, especially during this time of year, especially this morning, we've got a lot of people who are pretty happy because they got toys at home. they got something to play with when they get home. And there's nothing wrong with happiness. But you know what's going to happen to my kids' toys in about two days? They're not going to play with them anymore. And that time and energy and money that we uh, put forth for those things, that will fade. Happiness fades. Joy doesn't. And if you don't have that joy in your life, let me again emphasize to you, it comes through Jesus. That's what the angel said the, the day he was born. And that's what happens when Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. Not only the joy of being with his Father in heaven, but the joy of letting you have the opportunity to be with his Father for eternity. If you don't have that yet, we want to talk to you about what the Bible teaches, how you can get that joy in your life. If you're a Christian and you don't have that joy in your life, or you're having a hard time finding that joy because you don't have much happiness right now for whatever reasons, we want to help you. We don't have all the answers, but we've got the best answers from God's Word, and we'll walk beside you through whatever you're facing. Uh, This morning, uh, as we draw to the end of the year, as we look to something better next year, where are you at in your relationship with God? What could you do to change that right now? And if we can do anything for you, we invite you to come and let us know these things. And come right now as we stand and sing.